0: FM。Hi, I'm Kate from Japan, and you're listening to Tracks from Abroad on CIUT 89.5 FM. CIUT, the sound of your city.
1: Welcome to Tracks from Abroad on CIUT. FM. My name is Jesse McDougall. Thank you for joining us today. This is episode number 74. We are revisiting and remixing an episode we did on Japan and adding a new interview in as well. It's going to be a good show today. Thanks for being here with us. And if you're just joining our show for the first time, I'll tell you a little bit about it. I'll give you the rundown. Essentially, we speak to international students at the University of Toronto every single week to learn about a country outside of Canada, to learn about the world. We have some interviews, we listen to some music, and we learn a lot about uh, this this planet that we live on. And boy, today I learned a lot about the planet in a, sort of a strange way. I'm traveling this summer in Spain, where I'm recording this intro, and uh, I was going for a hike today, and I saw a strange thing. There were these cows grazing uh, at a camping ground, and one of them had learned to butt its head against the shower. I would never seen a cow taking its own shower before, it blew my mind. So that was the highlight of my day. I hope you had a highlight that you can remember for your day wherever you are tuning into our show. If you recall back to last week's show, we listened to some Italian and French music with Julian, an engineering student at the University of Toronto. And just by chance, last week, I found myself only a few kilometers from the French border in Navarra in northeastern Spain. So it's been a lot of travel this summer and maybe not as regular uploads for tracks from abroad on the Instagram page and such. But I have good news on on that front because we are building a team of student volunteers at uh, CIUT to make Tracks from Abroad as best as it possibly can be this September and going forward. So if you are interested in volunteering at our station or you're a student, you want to get involved, you can send us an email at tracksfromabroad@ciut.fm. at Now let me get into today's show, what you can expect. You can expect a great interview with Masayo and Kate, students, part of the University of Toronto Japan Association, and we talk about living in Tokyo, the hospitality you might find at a Japanese restaurant, and about anime culture, which is so ubiquitous in North America. But the real highlight for me on today's show is Ken Kawashima, also known as Sugar Brown. He is a professor of East Asian Studies at our school, and he juggles both the musical and the acting. Worlds while producing some fantastic music that you'll hear later on on today's show. With Sugar Brown, we talk about his beginnings in blues music in Chicago, as well as his nickname, Sugar Brown. Where did that come from? And he recommends to us some local Japanese-Canadian music by the Itchy Bonds. This is a surf rock, rockabilly group in Toronto that you're going to hear later on today's show. So it's a pretty packed episode. You're going to hear Japanese and Canadian-Japanese music of all kinds, and I thank you again for listening to tracks from abroad on ciut 89.5 fm you know when to catch us mondays at 6 p.m or online anytime where you get your podcasts this is tracks from abroad today we're in the studio with masayo and kate they are of the University of Toronto Japan Association. We're happy to have them here today because we're talking all about Japan on the show. Guys, welcome to the show.
2: Happy to be invited here. Thank you so much. Certainly. Thank you for inviting. I'm so excited.
1: Have you guys ever been to this building? It seemed like uh, coming to the studio was a new new location that you learned.
2: Um, yes, I actually come here every Friday because I go to the gym on Fridays. Nice. And there's a gym at Heart Health. Yeah. And sometimes the Japan Association events are held held in um, um, this heart House as well. Okay. But I've never actually came to this floor, like third floor, I guess. Yeah,
1: it's a little hidden away, right? Yeah. My
2: events are usually in the first floor, so I've never explored. So
1: tell us quickly about what sort of events your club puts on.
2: Um, UTJA tries to disseminate like Japanese culture and language Mm -hmm. for those who's interested in Japan. Basically like a social event most of the time, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't necessarily like teach Japanese, But it's for those who kind of have Japanese, but then want, like, the opportunity to speak with others. We had an event actually yesterday. Okay, great. And so since it's White Day, if you guys know any... um,
1: So, no, I I don't know. I'm not familiar with that.
2: So there's basically the Valentine's Day on February 14th, right? Right. And in Japan, we have this thing called White Day, Mm -hmm. which is on March 14th, a month later on Valentine's Day Mm -hmm. and there um, in Japan in Valentine's Day the girls give gifts to guys oh okay I
1: like that I like
2: that it's the
0: other way around yeah Yeah.
2: (laughs) and then the white day and then some people like confess their feelings and stuff Mm -hmm. and on white day the guys confess back to the Mm -hmm. girls Mm -hmm. and so we prepared like an event where people can write letters in Japanese if they're learning in Japanese, yeah, and nice. English if they're learning English uh-huh. to anybody. It doesn't have to be like their partners, uh-huh. but just in general, even their pets, even their characters, anime characters that they like, okay. or nice. your, their friends, yeah. or they're like mother, father, and stuff.
1: That sounds like a great event. All right. We've got a lot to talk about today on the show. We're here with Kate and Masayo talking about Japan, but we're also going to talk about, you know, where to find Japanese culture in Toronto. It sounds like your club is one place to do so, but there might be others. And now on the show, we want to get to some Japanese music. So on every single episode, we welcome the student interviewees to bring some of their favorite music. So either one of you two, can you suggest a Japanese song that we could play?
2: I personally really like... Um, by 夜しか. And I really like her voice tone and it's really clear. And I recently learned this in like East Asian music that I'm taking course. Apparently it's like a very vocaloid sound, but more of a like a vocaloid perfection.
0: The creator used to be a vocaloid producer. Yes.
2: So that kind of
0: music genre is pretty popular in Japan right now.
1: Can you talk about that genre? It's called vocular? vocular?
0: Vocaloid. It's more of like a program, I guess. You can input sounds, and you can make these characters speak those sounds. Hmm. And a lot of producers who wanted to make music but didn't want to sing decided to make something else sing. Hmm. And so that kind of, you know, was the beginning of the vocal genre. It sort of
1: reminds me of the band Gorillaz, which also has ties to Japan. And just in the fact that they have a cast of characters who are like, singing on behalf of the actual artists Mm. do you know of this group
0: i don't know them but i think like the gist of it is quite similar to what we do with vocalists
1: interesting i have never heard of this genre so i'm so excited for you guys to bring this song to the show today we're on tracks from abroad talking all about japan and we're going to be with you right after the break
3: abril from argentina and you are listening to tracks from abroad on ciut 89.5 fm
1: Welcome back to Tracks from Abroad on CIUT eighty nine point five FM. My name is Jesse McDougall, and today we're joined on the show by Masaya and Kate. We're talking about Japan, and these two are representatives of the UFT Japan Association. And one thing that strikes me is that when we think of culture and of media, the United States is really Uh, You know, a hub for Hollywood, for example, you know, you find Hollywood films all over the world. It seems to me that Japan might be the second place in terms of influence. J-pop, for example, or you can see anime, which has taken over even in uh, Northern American markets. Can you guys talk about that?
0: Anywhere I go, say, I move schools, people tell me, do you watch anime? Do you know this song? Do you know this producer? And I've never had to, you know, explain myself in terms of that. Everyone knows what, you know, Japanese pop culture is. Mm -hmm. When I say, you know, I don't really watch a lot of anime, they're like, no, but you're Japanese. Yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, so when you hear somebody say that, I assume that anime is, you know, to you, not the most important part Mm -hmm. of Japan. So what, what parts of Japanese culture do you participate in that are important to you?
0: Well, Japanese music has been a very large part of my upbringing and that was what connected me with the Japanese language and culture outside of Japan. So, I think I'm very much connected to the music.
2: Um if I can move away from like music, I would say like the personality or like the hospitality of like Japanese culture, the, <laughs> like I would say like omotenashi and the mindset that a lot of Japanese people have that they want to Invite other international students into the Japanese culture Mm -hmm. and they're always welcome. Um, I'm always excited to go back to Japan, but at the same time, I'm kind of nervous just because a lot of people in Japan care about what others think about them. Okay. So, for instance, I can't wear like tank top or like shorts. Mm -hmm. Or that have a lot of, like, What would skin be the consequence? Out? Would
1: your parents be like, oh, man. My parents what are, are used
2: me? to it because, I <laughs> like, I've been like that since childhood. Yeah. But then it's kind of obvious when I'm, like, wearing those stuff. And, like, the train, they'll, like, the people around you will look at you, obviously. Like very look at you hmm.
0: yeah.
4: and i
2: don't feel comfortable with that it's
0: usually not considered acceptable to be wearing like gym yeah. clothes
2: out so in public. are these,
1: these are social norms they're not codified in law but it's mm. just that you'll yeah, yeah, yeah. just stand out is yeah, that yeah, it
0: yeah. yeah it's not something i like try to put out or anything but yeah. pe- a lot of people when i meet people in japan tell me i don't really act japanese and that's something i've encountered all my life and you know me being Japanese, I I really don't know what to say to you. Yeah, but yeah,
2: I totally it's, agree. It's with something
0: that. that you know a lot of people notice about us.
2: Just because like we lived like half of our lives abroad. Of course, I'm not like Canadian, so I'm not like Canadian. But then at the same time in Japan, they don't. They tell me like I don't act too much like Japanese. Mm. But I do think that's one of my strengths. Yeah, I used to care about that a lot because, you know, I'd be outside and
0: people would treat me as an international student. I'd be foreign to them. I'd Mm -hmm. go home and people tell me I'm not acting Japanese. You know, where am I from? You know, I'm fine with that. But that was something I struggled with when I was younger.
1: Well, thank you guys for both sharing those stories. Um, We're today talking with Masayo and Kate talking all about japan here on tracks from abroad and you're listening to ciut 89.5 fm we're now going to take a music break and we'll be back talking about japan on tracks from abroad
5: like to
3: people for the people c-i-u-t 89.5 fm is the sound of your city
6: ladies and gentlemen this is a test okay let's begin
5: or he will make a desert of his home. numbers for
1: Welcome back to Tracks from Abroad on CIUT 89.5 FM. My name is Jesse McDougall, and today we're in the studio with Masayo and Kate. They're of the University of Toronto Japan Association. And one event that you guys do, I really love it because I myself am learning Spanish, and I like when there's opportunities on campus to speak with native speakers of whatever language it may be. And you guys do a language exchange, particularly for Japanese. So tell us about that.
2: Every week we hold language exchange where we just have like an opportunity for those learning Japanese to speak Japanese and um, see how much they've improved and stuff. And for exchange students from Japan to speak in English to improve their English skills. I would say if you just want to talk and make friends from Japan, like sorena, is like a good <laughs> face to What's say. What's that sorena is like, I know, right? But if you say, oh... This and that, I think this and that. And then you say, And it's like, (laughs) you'll just be friends with them.
1: So if I were transplanted into Tokyo, what is that city like? And what would I be surprised by as a Canadian? Mm,
0: It's a lot more busier. Like I know Toronto is one of like the busier places. But when I first came here, I was so worried because no one was on the train. I was like, okay, am I on like a wrong day? There's something else happening today that I should be aware of? No, it's just a normal day. I'm just too used to Tokyo and having, you know, a gazillion people walking by me. So you might be a bit overwhelmed with that. Everyone looks like they're being chased by something. They're all just fast walking everywhere. I just
2: feel like the time goes by very fast in Tokyo and everyone's so busy. And when you're on the train, everyone's on their phone. And everyone seems like to me, they're very like stressed Mm. (laughs) in general, which I don't really enjoy watching, but that's just like the thing and culture.
1: Do either of you have plans to go back and live in Japan after U of T?
2: Since I haven't been back or lived in Japan since middle school, that was my last time. So I kind of want to go back, but at the same time, like the working conditions obviously Mm. is worse than canada hmm. or like the us and stuff
0: the last time i properly lived in japan when i was back when i was six years old mm-hmm. i don't know if i can you know integrate into society after being so international student all the time mm-hmm. so it's not something i think i'm very eager about
1: yeah all right well we have kate and masayo of the university of toronto japan association both of you guys thank you very much for coming on thank to you tracks so much Abra- thank
7: you so much Get a date. I gotta find a quick boy. It's too late Good, my little baby. She don't treat me fair. Well, I gotta find a baby with the blue eyes and a black hat. Well, I have me a woman that she won't be true. And now I find out just what I gotta do.
8: Wrong. Not, uh, wrong.
1: You are listening to Tracks From Abroad on CIUT 89.5 FM. My name is Jesse McDougall. And that last track was Blue Eyes and Black Hair by the Itchy Bonds, a Toronto surf rock band of Japanese descent, listening to some music and recording some interviews. And of course, we have to thank Masayo and Kate of the University of Toronto Japan Association for coming on the show and talking about their home country. It's great to have students on our show as we do every single week. No matter the country, these people have the best perspective on what it means to be Nigerian, what it means to be, Brazilian, whatever it may be, we've done a whole slew of episodes that you can find online on all podcasting platforms or by visiting CIUT.fm. And next on the show, we're speaking with Ken Kawashima. He's a professor at the University of Toronto in East Asian Studies, and he's also a musician playing the blues. In Toronto, he goes by the nickname Sugar Brown, which is also his DJ name that he uses on CIUT for Calling All Blues, the blues show from 12 New until 1 p.m. on Saturdays on CIUT. Ken talks about growing up in the United States to a Japanese and Korean family before going to Chicago to discover the blues for himself, traveling all around the world and bringing it back to Toronto. It all culminates with this show in this interview here on CIUT. You're listening to Tracks from Abroad, and I began my interview with Ken Kawashima asking how he became a professor of East Asian Studies. This is a great interview, and I hope you'll stay tuned on CIUT 89.5.
6: I came to the U of T in 2002 and basically I did research on the impact of Japanese colonialism on Korean uh, society and Korean agriculture and how it produced uh, a huge population of uh, peasants who had lost their land but I basically studied their struggles every day their the workers struggles in Japan and uh, I wrote about uh, basically how it kind of gives us a certain window into looking at the development of capitalism in Japan. And uh, I'm writing still about Japan. Uh, for example, I'm writing a piece now for the Socialist Register on what I'm calling Japan's new pre-war.
1: You know those uh, those guys with the Marxist newspaper outside of uh, Robart's library? Have they ever handed you one?
6: Oh, here and there,
1: yeah. Have you ever handed out those papers? or? or
6: uh... I have not. No, 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 no. I first heard blues music on, on, on some old records. I heard, uh, Muddy Waters and Howling Wolf, as well as John Hammond. And when I moved to Chicago to study at the university of Chicago in the college there, I started listening to this 1950s blues, Chicago blues harmonica player and singer named Little Walter Jacobs. And he was the kind of the first to really, or one of the first, to amplify the harmonica by using a microphone and cupping the harmonica. So I started playing the harmonica like crazy and started going to clubs in Chicago on the south side and on the west side, uh, mostly in black clubs. Um, where they had live blues bands, and I would ask them to sit in, and um, they were kind enough to let me sit in, and eventually I got heard by a singer in Chicago named Tail Dragger, um, who's still alive, who's still singing and recording. He's a Delmark recording artist, and he hired me in his band as his harmonica player, and the band was called The Lazy Boys, and um, he was also the singer who gave me my stage name of Sugar Brown.
1: Sure. It seems like Blues is, has a affinity for good nicknames.
6: Oh yeah, exactly. I knew all the everyone had a nickname, you know, Taildragger, Lone Wolf, Necktie Nate, Baldhead Pete. Oh, poor Pete. Bro, I mean, they just it's Lone Ranger. I mean, it just goes on and on. Wow. Taildragger would introduce the band and then he would always stumble with my last name or he would forget it. So then he said we got to give you a stage name and I said okay, and he said something like, uh, "He said first, how about Japanese boy?" I said it sounds like an internment camp or something, and uh, and I said besides my mother's Korean. <laughs> then he said, "How about the Korea kid?" And I said, "Just I said no, just stay away from the national names." And so then he went to a racial lens, you know, and he said, "Well, okay, you're not white, uh, but you're you're sure not black. You're sugar brown." It kind of was nice to get us a nickname, a stage name, um, which kind of lifted the burden, you know, of having to somehow be an Asian guy or something like that, you know, it was very liberating actually for me.
1: Well, today on Tracks From Abroad, we are talking with Ken Kawashima. He is both a professor at the University of Toronto in the Department of East Asian Studies and a rockin' blues musician. So we are going to get into his song, Love Me Twice, and we're going to be back with Ken right after this. Welcome back to Tracks from Abroad on CIUT 89.5 FM. My name is Jesse McDougall. Today we are talking with Ken Kawashima. Uh, we're, we're talking with Ken. He is also known as Sugar Brown, a musician in Toronto and a professor at the University of Toronto. Ken, I've done episodes on tracks from abroad on various countries, and some of the the episodes I've had the most fun with um, were with the the black community at U of T. And one day, um, I was invited to go to a party on College Street. It was with the Black Students Association, the Sudanese Students Association. To to make a long story short, I was out of my comfort zone. Not many people looking like me uh, in this particular bar. So when you were in Chicago, Talk about being in Chicago and and getting into this subculture of black music.
6: Yeah, that's, I mean, it's a really important thing. I think for me, being this kind of Midwestern Asian American kid who grew up in a place where there was almost no immediate black community where I grew up in Ohio, and the University of Chicago is like this little idyllic um, island of, you know, higher learning right in the middle of the south side of Chicago, which is predominantly black. I think the best thing I did was to get out of my own comfort zone, as you put it, and to get off of the campus and to get into the city in which the campus existed, you know, and to be part of the community, which was black. Those were the only places that had live blues. I just plopped myself in there. It did feel a little bit out of my comfort zone. On the other hand, every time I went to these clubs, people went out of their way to make me feel comfortable. And then once I started uh, appearing there regularly, I just became friends with people there. And it really showed me a different perspective on the city. It gave me a totally different perspective on black history and so on. Blues is is trying, is is first of all, like a form of songwriting. That addresses everyday life struggles, not just pertaining to love, but also to areas like work and uh, questions of money, uh, poverty. Blues is a sad feeling or a sad kind of disposition, but it is a kind of irreverent music. It gives uh, a kind of comedic punchline in response to the kind of tragic setup, and in that way it always produces a lot of laughter when originally the situation that the song is writing about can bring one to tears, you know, this kind of thing. So during the era of Jim Crow, from the 1920s and into the 30s, really, that's kind of when the music itself, I think, really emerged as as a distinct form of music. A lot of the earliest blues singers were women, like Ma Rainey, Bessie Smith, who were just totally irreverent, you know. They they would just ridicule, uh, you know, how men treat them or or represent them, and they would just totally turn these patriarchal, for example, representations of women on their heads.
1: And what do you sing about? You have an, an album coming out soon. What do you care about singing?
6: I, I sing about love, certainly. I sing about money, certainly. I sing about death. I sing about, well, those are the kind of big three, I suppose. I sing about moving from place to place. I like these kind of travel songs, that describe where I came from and where I've been. And so Toronto bound, which will be the title track of the new album. It's about how I left Ohio. I was Chicago bound and then I left Chicago. I went to Paris and then I left Paris and went to New York. And then I left New York, went to Tokyo. And then finally I landed in Toronto.
1: We're gonna. I'd love to play one more of your songs to wrap up the show. But I also want to ask: Is there anything else you'd like to to add at the end of our conversation?
6: Well, I would say it's very nice to be on this program uh, to play music, uh, quote unquote, from abroad. I mean, what's you know what's interesting about the title of your show is you know, from abroad, from the perspective of Canada, but, you know, basically the abroad is always within already the national space, you know? So it's, it's interesting that way. And, um, to bring the world out within the city, you know, um, I would just, yeah, I guess I would encourage, uh, students, especially to, uh, discover the world in Toronto, cause, uh, you don't have to go abroad to
1: see the world if you're living in Toronto. Well, on today's show, we have been talking with Ken Kawashima. He's a professor at the University of Toronto and also known as Sugar Brown. And we're going to end off the show with one more of Ken's tracks. But first, Ken, thank you very much for coming onto Tracks from Abroad.
6: Thanks, Jesse. I appreciate it. It was a lot of fun.
8: My hummingbird, knows no, am too slow no, she's no, I i no, 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 What I like does no, 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 to me I wonder no, 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 I can Bye.
1: This is Tracks from Abroad. My name is Jesse McDougall. Here to wrap up the show today, I hope you enjoyed my interview with Ken Kawashima, professor at the U of T and blues musician in Toronto. Goes by the nickname Sugar Brown. You also know his uh, his show on CIUT, Calling All Blues. That's Saturdays from 12 until 1. It's great to have him on the show, and I look forward to having more professors on in the future. But today, as always on our show, we invited some students from the U of of with ties abroad. Today it was Masayo and Kate from the University of Toronto Japan Association. We want to thank them for coming on the show. We always learn a ton from these students, and this whole show is student run, created entirely by student volunteers at CIUT. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can reach out at tracksfromabroad at CIUT.fm. That's our email, or you can be a little bit more hip with it and send us a message at tfa.radio on Instagram. You can follow us there, and I will post that photo of the cow taking a shower that I mentioned at the top of the show. It's absolutely worth seeing. Life-changing, in my opinion. Uh, Here are a few of the last things I want to mention. Sugar Brown is coming out with a new album. Stay tuned for that. And please stay tuned on CIUT for Indigenous Waves coming up at 7 p.m. That's all I got. Let's let this song run out. My name is Jesse McDougall. I'll see you next week, Mondays at 6 p.m. on CIUT 89.5. That's us.